1: Good night, good night. Parting is such sweet sorrow, that I shall say good night till it be. Rio de Janeiro. The whole audience burst into laughter. What did I just say? Panicked, I checked the script again. Huh? It did say Rio de Janeiro. Ugh, I know she's behind it. Lisa, she must have messed with my script. You're prob's wondering why I didn't run down to the stands and give her a taste of my shoe. Well, it's complicated. You see, Lisa and I used to be best friends. When I was seven, my family moved to this town and Lisa was my neighbor. Back then, Lisa always seemed lonely as she didn't have any siblings. Her mom was busy with work and her dad was away on business. So I often came over to hang out with her and eventually we became the best of friends. We had so many things in common Oh, and even her dad was a cop, just like my dad. Lisa never mentioned him, but I know she missed him. But then our 10 years of friendship was recently ruined, just because of some boy. You see, Lisa liked this guy called Brent at school. So being the great friend I am, I tried to help. But Lisa found out that he'd been messaging me and thought that I was flirting with him behind her back. I tried to explain many times, but she refused to listen. So now, I became her reluctant enemy. Her sneaky tricks became commonplace, and on this occasion, she won, as she got the role of Juliet while I was just a boring maid. On the day of the play, after finishing the final rehearsal, Lisa suddenly walked up to me and smiled. Sorry about the audition. I've been thinking about it a lot and realized how childish I was. Then Lisa handed me a bottle of my favorite juice to make up. Okay, that's strange. Does she have two completely different personalities inside her or something? Or did she realize how great of a friend I am not to resent her petty tricks? Anyways, seeing as it was her birthday and all, I happily took the bottle of juice and wished her good luck. However, 15 minutes before the performance, I had the worst cramping pains in my stomach, I sprinted at rocket speed to the bathroom, and by the time I got out of there, the show was pretty much over. And guess what? I hadn't had anything that day, except for the juice Lisa gave me. Unbelievable. She did it to me again. I then rushed into the lounge of the drama club and rummaged through Lisa's bag. Bingo. Inside was a bottle of laxatives. She put it in my drink so I couldn't participate in the show. ex best friend or whatever, there's no way I'm gonna let her get away with it this time. Then suddenly, I found a vintage pocket watch sticking out from the innermost compartment of her bag. I held it in my hand and saw that the number 1999 was engraved on it. Why did it look so familiar? Don't touch my father's belongings! A voice sounded from behind me, and the next thing I knew, Lisa snatched the pocket watch from my hand. Why was she angry? I mean, I was the one who got done over, not her. And also... What did she mean by her father? I was still thinking about it when I arrived home and suddenly saw someone sneaking around outside Lisa's house. Isn't that dad? My dad looked around and then placed a beautifully wrapped gift in front of her door. It must be Lisa's birthday present, but why didn't he just hand it to her directly? When my dad came back inside, I quickly rushed over to him and asked, hey dad, do you remember the pocket watch that you love so much? I haven't seen it for a while. Where did you put it? Dad seemed to be flustered by my question. Then he muttered that he'd sold the watch to a pawn shop. I just nodded, but I knew he was lying, as he treasured that watch too much to ever sell it. Why did he give it to Lisa, then lie to me? Could it be that Lisa is my dad's illegitimate daughter? And the fact that my dad insisted on moving here... Was it just so he could be close to his mistress and his child? Ugh! Lisa had stolen my role and now she wanted to take my dad away from me too. I'd had enough. It's time for me to give her a taste of her own medicine. The next day at school, I made sure Lisa was watching as I flirted with Brent, then linked arms with him. (laughs) She looked like she was going to explode with anger. Then I told everybody in class that Lisa's father wasn't away on business and that she only said this as he had another family and abandoned her when she was little. The rumors must have gotten back to Lisa as the next thing I knew, she was confronting me as I walked out of the toilet cubicle. How dare you say that stuff about my dad? You're a horrible liar. Then we ended up in a nasty hair-tugging fight. It was so bad a teacher had to come in and pull us apart then the principal called our parents. Luckily for us, my dad and Lisa's mom decided not to make this a big deal because of our close neighborly relations. Yeah, as if. However, my dad still made me apologize to Lisa and her mom. Ugh. Dad, why do I have to apologize? It's not like she apologized to me for putting laxatives in my drink. You were wrong to spread those untrue rumors about her, but what were the laxatives about? I thought you two were friends. Since when did you guys become this resentful towards each other? I wasn't lying. They're the truth. Are you defending Lisa over me just because you feel guilty that she's your secret daughter? Christy, what did you say? I explained how I knew about the watch and therefore I'd figured out his secret. He was silent for a long time, then sighed and said, Actually, Lisa's dad was a colleague of mine. He was a good man who worked hard at his job. We had this difficult case involving a notorious criminal gang and, unfortunately, her dad passed away while on duty. In his last moments, he gave me his pocket watch as a memento and asked me to look after his four-year-old daughter, Lisa. Her mom and I couldn't break the heart of that little girl, so we said her father was away from home on business and would return when she'd be 18 years old. As for me, I would pretend to be her father to occasionally send gifts and letters to her. When you and Lisa were seven, I decided to move here in order to easily take care of her. And as you know, I gave her that pocket watch, her father's last memento. But why did you lie to her like that? Lisa was too young at that time to accept such an ugly truth. Her mom and I didn't have much choice either. I was expecting her to get used to it and stop waiting for her dad, but it's true that we didn't expect things to be like this. On her last birthday, I continued to play the role of her father and left a present at the door with an apology for not being able to come home due to a busy schedule. But we know we can't keep this from her anymore. It's heartbreaking to see her longing for her dad so persistently. So it turned out that all my speculations were wrong. Not only that, but I also spread false rumors and hurt my friend. Oh God, what had I done? How could I put this right? That night, I sent Lisa a long text, apologizing, but she didn't reply. So the next morning, I waited at her door to go to school together, but she just walked straight past me. Looking at her distraught face, my heart filled with remorse. I just entered the school gate when someone tapped me on the shoulder. Want to go see a play with me tonight? Brent held out two theater tickets. Oh... It was for the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. I was desperate to see that. Back when Lisa and I were still friends, we talked about going to see it. Wait, Lisa! That's right! So, I lied to Brent that I was busy and told him to ask Lisa to go with him instead. Lisa looked so thrilled that Brent had asked her out. (sighs) Now my conscience was clear. Lisa and Brent would realize they liked each other and finally get together properly. Then she'd forgive me, right? Anyway, I did have an essay coming up, so I went to a quiet coffee shop and studied there till late. But when I got home, I walked through the door to smashed up ornaments and the sound of my parents arguing. So you've been lying to me and Kirsty for all these years? How could you have a secret child the same age as your daughter? Aren't you ashamed of yourself? What's going on? Did she know about Lisa? I quickly ran to stop her. Mom, it's not what you think. I thought so too at first. But you have to listen to Dad. Those lies may fool you, but they can't fool me. Lisa is his illegitimate daughter. That poor girl came here and told me. I tried reasoning with Mom, but she was too upset to listen. With a slam of the door, she left. Dad plopped down on the couch and gave a solemn sigh. I sat next to him, comforting him that maybe it was Lisa's misunderstanding. Dad, we have to tell Lisa the truth. I'll approach her first to test the water. And then when she seems to be emotionally stable, you will come and talk to her, okay? The next day, as soon as I arrived at school, I immediately went to look for Lisa. There she was, standing by her locker with her arms folded. I walked over to her, But before I could say anything, she shouted. Stop acting as if you're that noble! I know Brent only invited me to the theater because you told him to. Why do you wish to embarrass me so much? Then Lisa burst into tears. If my dad was still alive, he would protect me from mean girls like you! I gaped at Lisa. She already knew everything? But if so... Why did she tell my mom the day before that my dad was also her dad? I stood there, refused to move until she told me the truth. Eventually, she blurted out that on her 18th birthday, she saw my dad leaving a gift in front of her house. Suspecting something was up, she mustered up the courage to ask her mom everything. It devastated her to learn that her long-awaited dad was just totally a made-up lie by my dad. She was full of rage towards my dad and me, so she lied to my mom so we'd know what it felt like to have a broken family. I was furious. How dare she do this to my family? But as she sobbed out an apology, my anger faded right away, and I only felt so sorry for her instead. What she had gone through was really unbearable. I hugged her tightly, and the pair of us cried our eyes out. When we both calmed down, we decided to have a frank talk with our families. I told Lisa I didn't mind sharing my dad with her as he loves her like his own daughter anyway. But in return, Lisa needed to apologize to my mom and explain everything to her so she'd come back home. So finally, my mom has returned and our two families are at peace again. I'm so sorry, I was out of my mind. I didn't mean to hurt you, mom. I mean, Mrs. Lamont?" Everyone burst out laughing. I also took the opportunity to give Lisa's mom a big hug and called her my mom, just like Lisa did. We were all chatting away happily when the doorbell rang. Lisa and I both went to open the door and saw Brent standing there holding a bouquet of flowers. He had this bewildered look on upon seeing us both here. But you know what? It doesn't matter which one of us he was looking for. There's no need for a boyfriend right now. Cause I already have my best friend right here. Or, should I say, my sister?
2: <laughs> I was prepared to not leave my room. I thought I'd have to hide from the boys forever. Who were circling around me like wasps around Jam. Do you think it's great to be the center of guys' attention? Unfortunately, everything comes with a price. Hi, my name's Elizabeth, and I'll tell you how all the boys at our school suddenly fell in love with me. I live in a small town in New England with my parents and my little sister, Carmen. Out of the two of us, I've always been the ugly duckling, and Carmen the princess. I had to wear glasses because of my bad eyesight and braces to fix my bite. That's why I was always laughed at. Carmen on the other hand was a real beauty. Everyone adored her. It so happened that I was always in my younger sister's shadow. Maybe it annoyed me at first, especially when no one came to my birthday party. But then I accepted it and thought that popularity is a fickle thing. By ninth grade, I got used to my outcast image and always dressed in black. Elizabeth, why didn't you want to dress like the other girls? My mother wondered because life is meaningless and cruel and black reflects that best. My mom would usually stop talking after that and preferred to switch the discussion to a more cheerful topic. Shopping, for example. As for my sister, most of the time, she didn't notice me. And at school, she preferred to say that I was her cousin from Europe. Guys kept ignoring me as if I were invisible. I didn't get too upset and generally consider them to be a burden. But my friend Patricia didn't agree with me. She could talk about guys for hours, knew everything about them, gossip rumors their secrets it was often difficult to stop her bob richardson seems to have been injured and will probably be off the team i think his ratings would plummet immediately patricia was obsessed with ratings both of us were far from the top of her charts but patricia kept her head up i can assure you that this year our rankings will go up after all susan gained a lot of weight and veronica's transferred to another school Although, we got a new upstart, Jenny. But either way, this year won't be like last year. I didn't care about the ratings. I was just going with the flow. What difference does it make, Pat? I used to say, everything will change when we get to college. Here, we're the nerds. And there, we'll be the real queens. I know, but I'd like to be a queen now. She sighed dreamily. I wasn't into flashy clothes or jewelry or makeup. But Patricia convinced me to stop by a store and pick out a perfume. A little bit of jasmine and everyone would be crazy about us. The store was small and barely noticeable from the street. No one was inside, except a strange man in a cab near the cash register. He looked more like a magician than a perfume salesman. While Patricia was choosing a perfume, he came up to me and said, I know exactly what you need. You do? Absolutely. I can pick out a client's perfume just by looking at them. And what do I need? A little love, said the salesman, and handed me a bottle. I shook my head, wanting to see that I did not need the perfume. It's on the house. The man in the cab dismissed my objection. If you don't like it, you can return it. I was about to say no again, but Patricia grabbed my arm and hissed. What are you doing? Take it! It'll definitely improve your rating! Your friend knows what she's talking about. The salesman smiled at me. I reluctantly took the perfume and put it in my purse. It was weekend the next day. I was spending it alone. As usual, lying in bed, scrolling through my Instagram feed, sharing memes with Pat. Then, I painted my nails black. And then, I noticed my new perfume. I only wanted to smell it. Maybe love was hidden inside the bottle. I sprayed it on my wrist and sniffed it. The smell was... strange unlike anything I'd ever smelled before. No, I'm still the same old Elizabeth. I said out loud in frustration, no love here. The next morning, when the alarm clock went off and it was time to get up, I didn't immediately notice the change. I went downstairs to eat breakfast. Mom and dad were in the kitchen and my sister was still in bed. Mom made me pancakes and then she asked me in surprise, Elizabeth, where are your glasses. I touched the bridge of my nose. They were gone, but I could see so clearly, as if I had perfect vision. I guess I don't need them anymore. I said in shock. I got dressed, put some perfume on my neck, and ran to school. Dylan Morin, the haughty from my class, was standing on the school steps. When he saw me, he smiled and said, Hey, you look great. Hi, I said, embarrassed. You too. I didn't know what was going on. Maybe he was just messing with me, and I actually had toothpaste smeared on my cheek. It's just that Dylan never talked to me. When I sat down at my desk, I was surrounded by a bunch of guys, and everyone was saying something to me. Hey, what's up? Betty, you look amazing today. Black suits you. The bell rang, and they finally left me alone. I breathed a sigh of relief. Maybe it was just a prank. Someone probably decided to play a joke on me and convinced the boys to be a part of it. During class, a note landed on my desk. Betty, I like you. Would you like to go to the movies? Darren, that was too much. At recess, I found Patricia and told her everything. It's weird, but your ratings have skyrocketed today. I don't care about ratings. I snapped, I'm being chased by boys. As I said that, I looked around and saw all these guys staring at me in a weird way. I think it's cool. Pat shrugged. By the way, are you wearing your contacts? No, I can see fine now without my glasses or contacts. At home, Carmen came up to me. Hey, weirdo, what did you do? I hear the guys are all over you. I didn't do anything. Sure thing. You must be up to something. Stay away from Nigel. Carmen gave me a stare and walked out of the room. A couple of days later, I had a dentist appointment. After looking at the state of my teeth, he said in astonishment. Hmm, you have a perfectly healthy bite now. So I don't have to wear braces? Yes, we'll take them off now. But it's really strange. I've never seen any teeth fall back into place so quickly. I was so relieved. Although I got used to wearing braces. I can say I like them. The food always got stuck in them. And I looked like Frankenstein's monster. But... There was something else mixed in with the joy. Fear. I didn't know what was going on. I had a normal bite. Could I sight? And now, guys were all over me. That seemed like a lot of coincidences for a few days. The girls at school had all sorts of theories about the boys' interests towards me collective insanity, a love potion, magnetic storm. But no matter how they described it, the fact remained the same boys were literally stalking me. Nigel my sister's boyfriend was no exception. He was waiting for me by the entrance Betty you look so beautiful today. How could I not see it before? I don't know you're dating my sister and you're always at her house Exactly, I was blind. Oh my god. Not that please Betty would you like to go out sometime? Sorry, I'm in a hurry this is the last thing I need. If Carmen finds out about this, I'm dead. I ran home and locked myself in my room, as if my house was a fortress that was about to be stormed by hordes of guys who are in love with me. But is it all real? There must be some kind of magic involved. Nigel's pursuit didn't stop the next day. He followed me around and tried to get me to go out with him. What about Carmen? I turned around and said, You don't like her anymore? "'I do,' he mumbled uncertainly, and then added. "'It's just that you're different. "'So what did you decide? "'Will you go out with me?' "'No!' I answered firmly and pushed him aside. "'Remember that and stay away from me!' "'But Nigel didn't want to listen. "'When Carmen and Nigel were at our house together, "'he sneaked out and came into my room. "'Hello, Betty. I've been thinking about you.' "'I sighed heavily.' "'Nigel, why can't you leave me alone?' "'Because I love you.' He came closer and took my hand. I was about to yank it out when my sister showed up in the doorway. "'What's going on here?' She screamed angrily. "'It's not what you think.' I tried to explain, but Nigel interrupted me. "'Please forgive me, Carmen, but I love your sister.' "'What? That's ridiculous!' Carmen was furious. How could you? She slammed the door and ran out of the room. I pushed Nigel out into the hallway, and in despair, just collapsed on my bed. Why is this happening to me? I should have been happy, because the guys were crazy about me. But it only gave me a headache, just like I thought it would. It became impossible to be at school. All the girls whose boyfriends were circling around me joined forces against me. While the guys were giving me gifts, asking me out on dates, the girls declared a war on me and wanted to get me kicked out from school. And the leader of this hostile squad was, of course, my sister. During the confrontation, I lost a couple of locks of hair and some of my shirts were now covered in paint. Patricia was the only one who wasn't discouraged. Your rating is somewhere around here now. She pointed to the chart. This. Is what I call the death zone it means that your enemies outnumber those who like you cool so I'm in the death zone yeah but you got a lot of guys now I didn't have enough space in my room for all the presents at school all the girls looked at me with anger and jealousy in their eyes and my sister was the main enemy I know I took Nigel away from me she told me as I stood by my locker you were always jealous of me I wasn't jealous and I did steal Nigel away from you. I don't like him at all. He's always following me around like a stalker, telling me how pretty I am. Shut up, shouted my sister. I won't leave it like this. I was getting awfully sick of it all. I was not used to being the center of everyone's attention. I was flattered by the attention, but there was something off about it. I tried to figure out what was wrong. It was just that one day, The guy started going crazy about me. Everything was normal the day before. I went for a walk with Patricia. We stopped at a perfume store. (gasps) Perfume! I exclaimed. What was that strange man in the hat saying? Something about love and what I was missing. I decided to go to that store right away. It wasn't that easy to find. I circled that block for two hours. I walked up and down, counted all the signs. And when I got desperate... I spotted a very strange sign. There was no business name. Just the slogan, We'll grant your every wish. I went inside. Behind the counter was the man in the hat. Ah, the girl who lacked love. He greeted me. How are you doing? Is this you're doing? All the boys are following me. They're literally obsessed with me. Maybe the concentration is too high. He scratched the back of his head. Can you fix it? it's very easy just stop using perfume and gradually everything will go back to the way it started but are you sure that's what you want oh yes i can't take it anymore i handed him the perfume it's your decision he smiled taking the bottle from my hands but if anything you know where to find my store i walked out of the store and sighed with relief in a few days the number of my admirers dropped by half a week later no one noticed me not even nigel it's a shame that your rating is back to the same level patricia pointed at the chart at least i'm not in the death zone my sister stopped being mad at me after nigel came crying to carmen and she forgave him the other girls have also cooled down and were no longer willing to kick me out of school i was back to my old self even my glasses were back where they used to be at least now i know what it's like to be adored by everyone I can't deny that at times it was enjoyable, but definitely overwhelming. I'd rather be myself. Would you be able to enjoy life with so many enemies and admirers? How would you use the perfume? Post your comments. I'm very curious to know. Hi,
0: my name is Agatha, and I want to tell you the story of how my father tried to get me into the military academy. But before I start, please subscribe to the channel and like my videos. It all started on that day, when Rob and I were playing Mario Kart at my house. As it always happens, we completely forgot about time. What time is it? I asked worriedly. Two o'clock, why? Oh crap, you have to go now. We had, by my count, about 10 minutes. Unless, of course, Dad decided to stop at the store to get his favorite muffins. Before we could get our heads together, we heard the front door creak. Honey, I'm home. There was a look of horror on my face. Rob didn't understand anything and was about to say something, but I put my index finger to his lips. Hey! I yelled back at my dad. You're early today. I heard him turn on the TV. I whispered, leave, but be quiet. What happened? Rob also asked in a whisper. My dad hates all my boyfriends. He's also a retired officer and has guns. The kid got worried. All your boyfriends? How many of them did you have? If you're so interested, not many. You'd better worry about my dad not making a sieve out of you. He's got a real temper. Okay. Rob reluctantly agreed. I left the room and quickly made my way down the stairs. I walked up to my dad and put my arm around his shoulders. How was school? He asked, not looking away from the screen. Rob, meanwhile, was still upstairs. What an idiot! To give the boy a sign, I said loudly, Okay, just hope someone comes downstairs. What? Dad turned around and stared at me like I was crazy. I mean, the exams. I should study more. Oh, that's right. I turned my head and saw Rob walking slowly down the stairs. Can you go any slower? I thought to myself. My father was about to turn to me, but I exclaimed in time. What a kick! Nothing special. They're playing like a bunch of monkeys today. There was a rumbling sound behind me. Rob stumbled and tumbled down the stairs. I screamed. My father jumped up from his chair and quickly grabbed the bat that was always in the corner of the room. That's when Rob got really scared and realized he had to get out of the room as quickly as possible. He jumped up from the floor and ran out of the house. Dad rushed after him. Stop, you miserable thief! I, not wanting to be the reason Rob ends up in the hospital, yelled out to my father. Wait, he's not a thief! It's Rob! Dad stopped and looked at me. Even though he was silent, I knew exactly what he was thinking. That night, I got to hear it all. I told you not to bring guys here. In fact, you're not allowed to have a boyfriend. They stick to you like flies. It's not good. And all that kind of stuff. Then dad added, If I ever see you with a boy again, I'll send you to military school. What? I was really surprised to put it mildly. Yeah, you're a loose cannon. You need discipline. And I think I've been too easy on you. But that's ridiculous. Mom wouldn't let that happen. You leave your mother out of this. Dad went back to the TV I slammed the door and hid in my room. That's just great, I complained loudly. Now I feel like I'm in prison. I needed someone to talk to right away. So I texted Sam, SOS, help me out. A minute later, I got a reply. What's up, I'm on a date. That's amazing, I exclaimed. There are dates and boys all around me and I need to stay away from it. It was real torture. The next day at school, I grabbed Sam's hand and took her to the bathroom. Ow, that hurt. My friend was angry, but she obediently followed me. When we went to the bathroom, I checked to see if anyone was in there. It was empty. Then I said, Actually, I needed your help yesterday. I wanted to respond, but Kevin, I don't want to hear anything. My life is a nightmare. What's wrong? Nothing. Except that yesterday, my dad almost beat Rob with a bat. He also told me not to go out with boys or he'll send me to the military academy. Wow. Yeah, that's right. I can't give up boys, but I'm not much of a soldier either. They'll cut my hair off. I can't handle that. What are you gonna do? Actually, I wanted to ask you. I needed some good advice. Sam thought for a few minutes and then she exclaimed. Bingo! I've got it! Sam's plan was pretty simple. I needed to bring back my musical past. I used to play the piano, and now I need to pretend to give lessons. Instead, I would be able to go on dates without causing much suspicion from my father. Not bad, except I'm not that good at piano. You don't have to play, just say you were asked to help. My father fell for my story when I told him about my plans. It's a good idea, he said in his usual mentor voice. Maybe you should keep practicing because you quit so abruptly, and you might make a little extra money. It's a start. I was very happy. Now it was necessary to make a schedule and assign a specific time to each guy. Adam would take Wednesday, after four. That's about the time he gets off practice. And we could go to the movies. I scheduled Andrew for Friday, five o'clock. He promised to take me bowling. And even though I couldn't play, it should be fun. That leaves Liam. I saved Sunday for him. My only day off. We don't do anything special with Liam. Just hang around town or sit in front of a store and make up funny nicknames for people. Usually the lesson lasted an hour, but I told my dad that I managed to get the slowest students together, and they needed more time. So I could stay for like three hours. I mean, have you ever seen a movie that lasts an hour? And then there's travel time and hugging. I'd have to multitask. Now it's time to tell you how it was put into practice and what happened in the end. On Wednesday, I prepared in advance. I gathered all my old music notebooks and came up with a cover-up story. What do you have today? My father asked me as I came down the stairs, carrying my music books under my arm and trying to cram them into my backpack as I passed him. There's a girl from China. They just arrived, and her mother wants her to take some music lessons. Hmm. Well, good luck with that. I kissed my dad on the forehead and went over to Kim's. I mean, to Adam. We were supposed to meet at the box office in the movie theater. I had to carry my backpack everywhere, but it wasn't such a high price to pay for trying to somehow avoid military school and another fight with my dad. The no dating option seemed absurd to me and I didn't even consider it. We only live once, you know. I was a little late. Adam muttered something to himself, but I safely ignored his frustration. A respectable girl is never on time. Who told you that? I read it somewhere. The movie was lousy. Adam kept trying to make jokes and he wasn't very good at it. We kept getting shushed and we were asked to behave. About halfway through the movie, I said I had to go out for a minute. Okay, Adam said. I walked out of the theater and went home. The next day, Sam asked, How was it? It could have been worse. We could have been forced out of there. Okay, first time didn't go very well. On Friday, Andrew and I went bowling. Of course, to my father, Andrew wasn't Andrew. And Pauline was another lost soul who wanted to learn how to play Mozart and Beethoven. Bowling turned out to be even worse than the movies. I couldn't do it at all, which made me angry. And Andrew kept saying, I don't understand. It's so easy. You pick it up and drop it. He decided to show me how to do it and got a strike. See, it's easy. Well, if that's the case, we're not going to make it. I hate bowling in general. It's an old man's game. I took my backpack and ran. I was getting desperate. There was still Liam, but he and I were more like friends. All our communication was limited to trolling random passersby. But on Saturday, the day before we were supposed to meet, the guy texted. I have an idea. It's a surprise. I was in anticipation of either a grandiose disaster or something really interesting. Turns out, Liam had bought two tickets to the Dolphinarium. I didn't know we had such a place. I was surprised. Yeah, we have a lot of interesting places in town. The show was amazing. The Dolphins did all kinds of tricks. Jumped through hoops, juggled balls. It was much more interesting than that dull drama that Adam took me to. And bowling, andrew's stupid initiative i didn't notice how or when but liam took my hand i looked at him and blushed slightly that day confirmed one fundamental truth sooner or later quantity converts to quality all i had to do was survive two disappointing dates but even now we couldn't resist and began to observe people in the crowd and make up amusing stories about them look I pointed to a man in tight white pants with lush hair. Former jockey, yeah, got hurt when he fell off a horse, lives with his mother now, and goes shopping in his old minivan. That was a good one, so it was Liam's turn. Over there, see? He's like, he's got a menacing face, like he's ready to pounce. And that's when I saw my father. He was looking right at us, and he didn't look happy. It's time to get out of here. On the way, I explained to Liam what happened. Weird, he summed up. Yeah, I'm afraid to imagine what's waiting for me at home. But I couldn't figure it out, what my father was doing at the Dolphinarium. I expected anything, shouting, accusations of lies, threats. But when I entered the house, my father didn't say a word. The next day, he calmly announced that he had submitted my papers to military school. My worst nightmare was coming true. No amount of tears or persuasion had any effect on Dad. I locked myself in my room and didn't want to leave. Suddenly, out of the blue, someone came to the rescue. Liam texted me. Look, I think I have a solution to your problem. I sneaked out of the house and went to the place Liam had picked. He, without any greeting, said, It's a strange coincidence. I never told you about my father but he's the director of the military school, the one where your dad wants to send you. A glimmer of hope. I spoke to him and he said he would help you. How? I don't know, but don't worry. My father will think of something. A week later, a letter came from the academy and much to my delight, I got a rejection. My father was shocked. He even wanted to fight with the management, but after a while, he cooled off. I told him more about Liam I explained that it wasn't a fling, and my dad decided he'd give us a chance. So I didn't get into the military academy. That's a good thing. I would have been the worst student in the history of the institution. Have you ever been able to get out of a bad situation? Tell me about it in the comments. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues
1: by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks.